0: came in a few minutes after the service started. Um, let me introduce myself. My name is Gray. I'm the lead pastor at uh, New Valley Church in downtown Phoenix, which is just down the street from you guys. Very delighted to, to be with you tonight. Thanks to Tim for uh, for all you've done to make this happen. Thanks for hosting us. We'd be happy to return the favor uh, if we ever get a space big enough to accommodate this crowd, but um, we'd love to do it again. We're focusing tonight on Jesus And I just want us to read two verses from Matthew that we're going to be meditating on tonight. Matthew 27, 50 through 51. It's going to be on the screen for you as well. Let me just read this for us slowly. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold... The curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. As I read that passage, um, something immediately jumps out as more seemingly more random than the other things in the, in the passage. I don't know if you noticed that. The beginning of verse 50 and the end of verse 51 make a lot of sense. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice, "'He dies.'" He yields up his spirit, and he dies. And then the rocks were split, and the earth shakes. But actually, the first part of verse 51, as you can see, says something that on the surface seems kind of random. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Think about this for a second. The very first thing that the Bible says after Jesus died was not how Mary was reacting not how the disciples are grieving, um, not the plan for the resurrection. It's this fact. There was a curtain that gets torn in two. That's what the Bible says right after Jesus dies. So when I read something like that, I think this curtain must be of great importance. When we look at the Bible, it is. It is of great importance. If we go back to the Old Testament, where does this curtain come from. In Exodus chapter 26, we're told about the curtain. The curtain is something that God uh, commanded his people to put in the tabernacle and then later the temple, which is the same thing in a different location. And this curtain was placed between the holy place and the holy of holies. There's three sections in the old temple, the outer courts, the holy place, and the holy of holies. And that holy of holies was the place where God's presence dwelt. That's where he lived. That was his representation with the people. He lived in the holy of holies. And in Exodus chapter 26, it says this, between the holy place, the place where you're starting to get close to God, and the most holy place, there is a curtain. Barring people from access to where God Lives. That's what the curtain means. The curtain means there is limited access to the presence of God. It's like a sign that's saying this no farther, keep out of this. Don't come any closer to the presence of God. Why in the world would God place a barrier between us and Himself? What does a barrier like that do? It does a couple of things. Number 1, a barrier like that protects. A barrier protects. That curtain protected the people of God. Barriers when they protect are a good thing. I I think this is absolutely true. Uh, if anybody's been to the Grand Canyon in here, you will you will know what I mean. Barriers, the Grand Canyon could use a few more barriers. Can I get an amen? I mean, I, I was there uh, just a couple months ago and um, had a, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a two-year-old with me, and there were icy conditions out. And this is actually the first time, It's was shameful, five years, I've been in Arizona, but uh, we went to the Grand Canyon. It was terrifying. Like, all the pictures of us are just like, we're like, my wife and I are so, like, tense. Why? Because there are places, literally, where you can walk off the edge and drop hundreds of feet. It could use a barrier. I wish Phoenix swimming pools sometimes had more barriers. When we were looking for a house here in Phoenix, um, we, we looked at places that had pools at first. And we only had uh, one kid at the time, and he was two and a half years old, or actually one and a half years old. And, um, and we're looking at this place with a pool, and it didn't have a fence around the pool. And so we're talking to the realtor, just looking at everything. We open the door to the back, and my son walks right out and straight into the pool. We stopped looking for houses that had pools. (laughs) Barriers can be important. Barriers protect, that's the first thing that they do. And this barrier in the temple protected the people of God. This was a massive curtain, 60 feet by 30 feet, one inch thick. Some people have said it takes 300 priests to maneuver this curtain. And all of this was to protect God's people so that they wouldn't stumble into the presence of God, into the holy of holies. It protected them. And you may be here tonight, I don't know what your church background is, uh, what you're used to, but that may sound like a very fierce picture of God, this God that we need to be protected from. Why isn't God a father? Doesn't he invite us into his lap? Doesn't he just love us? What is this idea? What the Bible teaches us is this. There will always be a barrier between us and God. There will always be a curtain as long as we are in our sin. Sin, the Bible describes, makes us unholy. And therefore, sin is the curtain that keeps us out of God's presence. That barrier, that sin barrier says to us, you're not holy enough for this. I'm sorry. You don't deserve to be in the holy of holies. So we have this protection. The barrier is a, pro- is a protection from God's holiness. Well, if you say that, then why not just leave the curtain up, Right? Why not just always have a curtain between us and God? Wouldn't that make a lot of sense to be always protected? But the second thing that barriers do is they restrict. And this is when barriers aren't good. Barriers keep us out of places where we belong. And if we look at the scripture, what it says about this is this. We were made for access to God. We belong originally in the presence of God, and we see this all the way back in the Garden of Eden when God created Adam and Eve. He was with them. He, they had access to him. And if this is really cool, and I'm not going to talk about it a ton, but you can look up some articles online. There's all these things that connect the garden to the temple. right? The garden and the temple are so similar in Scripture Right, Even the garden, some have said, has that three structure, the outer courts, the, the holy place, and the holy of holies. Eden. Eden was the place where God dwelt. That's where Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. They had a relationship with him, intimate. But then there was a garden, like the holy place, that God had set aside for, for them to enjoy him in a broader sense. And then there was the rest of the world. That were the outer courts. And so even God's creation says, this is a temple to worship God. And there's all kinds of things. There's the lampstand in the temple that looks like the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said in, at the beginning, right, God spoke seven days, seven times he said this. You look at the instructions for the temple. It says seven times God says, make this, make this. The temple was trying to get back to the garden, get back to the access to God. God was saying when he said, make this temple come a little closer. Come closer. But the thing is, the temple could never be the garden. It couldn't be. And the reason why it's because there was a curtain there. There was a barrier. And as long as that curtain is there, it's saying this, keep safe,
1: but keep out of here. This brings us back to the cross. Why is the curtain mentioned immediately after Jesus died? Why is that so significant? Because it's torn up, it's ripped up in the death of Jesus. Jesus. The cross of Christ rips up the curtain and grants us full access to God once again. Hebrews 10 says this, that we now have, through the cross of Christ, we now have confident and we have near access to God. And so there is power and there is proximity in the presence of God through the cross, through the ripping up of this curtain. Now, I would guess some of you know that. Uh, we come here tonight to To sing to God, to pray to God, to talk with God, to meet with God because we have access to God. And so you may realize that we have access, but I want you to see how this access is truly granted from the curtain to the cross. The first thing we're going to see is that the curtain tore. It tore. It doesn't say it disappeared. It doesn't say it was just gone as Jesus died. The curtain is no longer. No, it says specifically the curtain tore. Why? Well, if you look at the cross, if you know anything about crucifixion in that day, this makes a little bit more sense. That the flesh of Jesus' body was literally torn. Isaiah 52 says, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance that Jesus was unrecognizable because his body was, was torn. That in the crucifixion leading up to the crucifixion, there was scourging. And the Romans in that day, they were really good at it. And so if you, if you look back at crucifixions in that day, we know a little bit about them, that they would typically use a wooden rod that had leather straps. That at the end of those leather straps, it wasn't leather. No, instead it was metal, it was bone, it was wire at the end of those straps that would beat Jesus over and over and over before he even got up on the cross. His body was marred. He was unrecognizable. His body was torn. And you say, well, Tim, that's really gruesome and graphic. We have we have kids in the service. Like, do we really want to talk about somebody's body being marred and torn? And you need to know the reason why we talk about that. The reason why you need to feel the weight of that graphic, gruesome pain that Jesus endured is because our sin is just as graphic and gruesome toward a holy God. That the reason we needed the curtain, the reason there had to be a barrier, is because our sin is graphic, is gruesome. God is perfect and holy. And so... Something had to be done. There had to be punishment to remove the curtain barrier, but to also remove the eternal barrier called hell. Something had to be done. It couldn't just disappear, it couldn't just be gone. Something had to be torn. That something was someone that was Jesus Christ. But it wasn't just any flesh that had to be torn. It wasn't just any skin that needed to be beaten and marred and killed at the cross. You see, it was the sinless, perfect skin, body, flesh of Jesus Christ. The ultimate, once for all, sacrifice for sin. So, why tear? Why specifically tear? Why is that the first thing we hear? Because it signifies God's righteous wrath towards sin, your sin. Listen, your sin, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, it your sin, my sin, it was torn. The body of Jesus was torn on our behalf, in our place, for our sin, to remove the curtain, to remove the barrier, and to save us from having a barrier for eternity in hell. That's why it's Good Friday. That's why it's good that Jesus' body was torn on our behalf. Second thing I want you to see is this curtain tore completely. Again, small detail, you might miss it, but Matthew 27 says it tore from top to bottom. It tore literally in two. It didn't tear partially. It tore completely completely. Apart, top to bottom, it tore in two. And, and you've got to imagine this is hard in our day because we've probably never seen anything like this, but this is a curtain that's massive, that's visible, that's 60 feet long, 30 feet wide. That everybody there would have known about this curtain. It's how they interact with God. Right? It, it was the, the, the staple in the temple, it protected uh, the Holy of Holies, it kept people out. And so they would have known this massive, visible curtain. They would have known the implications of that, the effects of that. I mean, just think about how many sacrifices, how much separation they were in in tune with in that day between them and God because of this curtain. And so God, in his wrath, he tears the curtain. But here's why it's Good Friday: is that God in His love, He leaves no room for doubt. He tears it completely. He tears it from top to bottom. In two. Because we might, they might have thought, well, maybe it's just partially torn. Maybe I still have to maneuver my way into the Holy of Holies to meet with God. Maybe there's some good works, maybe there's some service that I need to contribute to this to tear it all the way. It sounds silly, but many of us live that way, don't we? Uh, We need to know the curtain was torn, and it was torn completely. It was God's wrath. It was God's love colliding at the cross. D.A. Carson, author and theologian, this is one of my favorite quotes. He said this, listen, do you wish to see... God's love, look at the cross. Do you wish to see God's wrath? Look at the cross. There they both collide. There the curtain is torn, and it's torn completely. And so listen, my question to you is really simple. Do you understand that? Do you feel that? And do you understand and feel both? Do you understand and feel the wrath of God that tore the curtain, that marred the body of Jesus so that it was unrecognizable? Do you understand the wrath of God? Because he is holy, because you and I are sinful, and there had to be a barrier of the curtain. There is a barrier called hell. Do you understand the holy, righteous wrath of God poured out on the righteous son of God? Do you understand that tonight? You don't need to leave here without grieving that without feeling the weight of that, without sitting in silence and sorrow over that. But do you also understand the incredible, amazing, unconditional, powerful love of God? That he would tear the curtain from top to bottom, that he would tear it in two, why? So that he could do what you could not, make full access, near access, confident access between you and God. And so do you, do you know God's wrath, but do you know God's amazing love that is expressed to us as this curtain is torn? You see, I think if we're honest tonight, that some of us are on different ends of the spectrum of this. I think some of us, we're still trying to stitch the curtain back together. Like some of us come in here this, this evening and we say, well, you know, you can't just meet with God. You can't just talk to God. You can't just be honest with God. I mean, God forbid, like you would just tell God exactly what you're feeling and thinking. You just can't do that. I mean, even tonight, maybe some of you haven't prayed to God, we had moments of silence. You just stayed silent. You didn't communicate with our Heavenly Father because you thought, well, hey, we need to to do some different things. I need to sing some songs, get my heart right. Then I can meet with God, right? Or I need to to pray some prayers and maybe put some formulas to them and and make sure I say the right things and don't say the wrong things because, because I need to jump through some hoops before I can really meet with God. And you need to know when you do that, what you're doing is stitching that curtain back together, the curtain that was torn, the curtain that was torn completely on your behalf by Jesus for you to grant you full access to God Almighty. And you come along and you say, well, no, 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 I don't, I don't know. I need to, I need to kind of stitch this curtain back together. And you need to know if that's you tonight, you, you need to be freed from that. You need to be released from trying to earn favor and access with God and realize it's already been granted to you in the cross of Christ. I think other of us are on the other end of that spectrum. Others of us, as Pastor Gray talked about the curtain, you, you think, well, I don't even know anything about that. I, I don't ever think about the Old Testament and the way people engaged God. And we forget the curtain never existed. We have this amazing access to God, but we're... We're numb to it. If we're honest, we think, I can meet with God whenever I want. So church, I don't have to come to church. I can meet with God in the shower. Read my Bible, encounter God, reflect on what his word has to say in my life. I don't have to do that every morning. I can listen to it on an app. Yet when's the last time you've done that? You see, some of us us forget the curtain ever existed and we get numb to what we're doing right now. We're in the presence of God. That he looks at you. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, he looks at you and he sees his son and he's satisfied with you. And he wants you to approach him. He wants you to give him your honest thoughts and feelings even in this moment if you know Jesus. And so some of us, Try to stitch the curtain back together. Some of us forget the curtain ever existed, but we need to remember both. Tonight, Good Friday, we need to remember the weight of the curtain, but also experience the freedom of the cross. That's what tonight is about. And so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna remember the weight of the curtain, we're gonna experience the freedom of the cross now. I'm gonna invite the band back up, I'm gonna pray in a moment. And then we're going to take communion. That's what communion is. We are taking time to remember our sin. Don't miss that moment. I know that's not fun. I know that's not enticing. Hey, just remember your sin a little bit more. But that's what God calls us to do, to repent, to turn away from our sin, to turn to him. You can't get to the glory of resurrection until you grieve the death of Jesus. Don't miss that moment to grieve your own sin that put Jesus on the cross. And so the way we're going to do that is we're going to take the bread, which represents the body of Jesus that was torn for you. We're going to take the juice and the wine down here. We're going to dip the bread in that juice or wine. And in that moment, I want you to feel the weight of the curtain. I don't want you to miss that moment. But then quickly, you need to receive the freedom of the cross. To know that your sin, whatever it is, your sin yesterday, your sin 10 years ago, is not bigger than the cross of Jesus. It's not bigger than the cross that tore his flesh, that marred his body unrecognizably. And so as you take the bread, as you dip it in the juice of the wine, you you would feel both. And maybe that's confusing. Like maybe your head hurts a little bit right now. Like, okay, there's the weight, but there's also the freedom. Yeah. That's Good Friday. That's why it's dark in here. That's why there's silence. It's because it's both. But you need to experience both. And so if you know Jesus, if you have placed your faith in the life of Death and resurrection of Jesus. I'm gonna pray, we're gonna sing, and I would invite you to come and partake in communion. There won't be anybody here to serve you. We want everybody to experience this moment for themselves. We have a couple more songs, there's plenty of time. Some of you, you know Jesus, you can take communion, you can grieve this death of Jesus, remember the curtain, but also experience the freedom of Christ. But if you're honest tonight, You need to spend a few moments understanding the gravity and weight of this once again. And so take your time. That's why there's nobody down here. Take your time. Come when you feel led. And then there's others of you who you don't need to come. You need to stay exactly where you are because you don't know Jesus yet. Because you haven't put your trust in the cross of Christ and what was accomplished there. And so this is a moment for you to stay exactly where you are, reflect on that truth, repent of your sin, believe in Jesus, give him your sin and your life. And then if you do that, man, come on down. What a better night to give your life to Christ than the night that we celebrate and reflect on the night Jesus died that gave you life. And so I'm going to pray. However you need to respond, respond and then come. Let's remember the weight of the curtain. Let's celebrate the freedom of the cross together. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you for tonight. God, I thank you for this tension that is very real. It's not dramatic. It's very real that you died for all of sin. Past, present, future. The sin we've thought about, the sin we've committed, the sin we are going to do. You died for that, knowing all that would come for each one in this room. And so, God, I pray that in this moment we would reflect on that. We would reflect on the barrier of the curtain, but also celebrate that that's been torn. And it's been torn for eternity, not because of our works be because of yours on the cross for us, that we have power, that we have proximity in your presence, even now. That's an amazing thing. And so God, I pray that we would experience that tonight. Help us to do that. Remove distraction, remove doubt. Help us to experience you in this moment, in Jesus' name.